Welcome everybody to Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot, and tonight I am in Valencia, California, with the admins for S2K Challenge, uh, Ryan Del Grosso, Kevin Burke, and Dustin DeSera. What's up, guys? What's going hey. on? Good evening. So good thanks. Evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> How are you all, ladies and gentlemen? I am fantastic. <laughs> so thanks so much, guys, for making the time. I know Ryan and I have been talking about doing this literally probably for like six to seven months. Yeah, really? we're lazy so, and uncoordinated, so that happens. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it. So no, you know, the show, but the, the request, <laughs> the request to come out. So it's surprising that you guys have been talking for so long. So lazy and uncoordinated. What's going on? <laughs> Lazy that. and uncoordinated. I'm sticking with that. Okay. okay. Well, like, it's funny, too, because we all live here in the L.A. area, but literally we're on the furthest edges <laughs> of the L.A. area possible. And, and just to be fair to Kevin, because he had to cross two <laughs> counties to get here, we moved it to the farthest edge from him. <laughs> well, you know, if, if only there was an expert in the room on telecom or, you know, voice over IP. <laughs> That's we not as much maybe. fun, though. We, we, I, sh- we should be able to find someone like that. It's a lot better be to get here. together. It's a lot better to get together <laughs> and share whiskey out of the same bottle. This is Abs- true, absolutely. Which we are doing currently. So, Correct. well, thanks so much, guys, for making the time. Um, you know, S2K Challenge is something that I've been interested in for a long time. Because back when I was in college, just to make you guys feel old, back when I was in college, like you don't have to try. Oh eight, oh nine, when I had my S two thousand, was dreaming, was dreaming about tracking. Um, you know, on S two K I. In the racing and competition subforum, there was this thing called S2K Challenge that was blowing up, absolutely blowing up, and everybody was was jumping on board. I remember there was one guy with a yellow S2000 that like moved out here from like New Jersey or something and started started running S2K ben? Challenge. No, you know what it was? So uh, I forget who it was. I think but. it was Chris Johnson because he had he was an early day guy with me. And he had a yellow S2K, and I think he came from maybe Tennessee. That car still survives. That's, and that car still that's races Richard's car, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Is that Richard's car? Nice. That's, that's Richard's, Richard's car. car. So it still competes to this day. Because Chris drove against me in my, my rookie year um, in the stock class. Wow. And that car is still around. Yeah, I, I remember. remember I think it was it was very lightly modded, so I think he was in stock class. But I remember he towed a little like trailer out with his bicycle on it, and he had the, all these like awesome photos um, from his trip out because he took his time. I was like, man, I want to do that. So naturally, what did I do when I graduated? Threw a trailer on my S two thousand and kind of drove it all around the southeast. So. I'm but. glad to see that we're inspiring bad ideas everywhere. <laughs> they're great ideas, <laughs> yeah, man. They're, idea? they're stupid, <laughs> but but you know it's um. S2K Challenge is one of those things that, you know, being a previous S2000 owner for a long time and track guy, it's kind of the pinnacle of, like, social competition uh, in my mind for S2000 owners. Uh, so being here in Southern California and being able to be around it and sit down with you guys, uh, it's really, I don't want to say a dream come true because that sounds kind of, mm-hmm. like, kind of weird. weird. Yeah, just a little <laughs> weird. But, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting for me for this show because I have a lot of questions that... I kind of want to ask and and know the answers to. So, uh, but for you guys, um, when did you guys start in S two K Challenge yourselves? Uh, so I started in 2011 um, and I actually bought an S two thousand just to run S two K Challenge. Really? What did you have before? Uh, I'm the king of bad ideas. I started <laughs> road racing yes. in lemons. Oh, yes, really? Okay. I was a year one lemons idiot. Okay. Um, and back then you couldn't buy a ride on any team. So uh, some friends and I were drinking a little bit too much and we decided let's build a lemons car. We're on Craigslist five minutes later, bought a car. And seven years later, we were, you know, a dozen lemons events in and just I, I wanted something that could get me out to the track with a whole lot less drama than that. 
And I saw a lot of competition happening with S2K Challenge. So I said, I'm going to buy one of those because I haven't gotten any smarter in seven years. <laughs> so I did. Um, and that's kind of how it started. Okay. So since then, I mean, it's probably been the greatest track car I've owned. Now, is it, is it still your original S2000 that you, that you still track? Original is, is asterisk. Dustin and I were talking the, about the VIN this. number the other, still the same? The VIN number is the same. <laughs> That's yeah. about it. <laughs> it is the car of Theseus at this point. <laughs> I'm on my second or third everything. Okay. But it's not bad yeah. for as much time as it's got on it. Yeah, and I mean, to have the same chassis, yeah. um, you know, it's always interesting to see people that have the same car and just have it for years and years and years, and you just kind of become associated with it. And you don't even think about selling it and getting another one, although you might have. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> like some, some bad weekends, you're like, you know what? Screw this thing. But you know what? I don't believe, and I'm going to jinx myself knocking don't on the table dare. here. Yeah. You're coming out Saturday. Don't <laughs> you dare jinx it. <laughs> Never been towed home. Really? Never. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you haven't lived. Ooh. You haven't lived until you've got to leave after the first session and make your Truth. way to bed. Oh, no, no. I've, I've crossed. How have you not done that yet? I've, I've crossed in Lemons. I've crossed multiple states to go home in an hour. <laughs> So I've paid my nope. dues. This is my comeuppance. Now, were you guys driving your Lemons car? No, no, we were towing it. Okay. What, what was it? Uh, 1987 Toyota Supra. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Nice is not the word for no? it. <laughs> I've seen it. It's not nice. You need to see it before you can test uh, judgment. It's dirty and it's fast. Yeah. Uh, well, not anymore. Right now, it's engineless. Uh, we don't know where we're going with it yet, but uh, we're, we're taking it. 1UZ, man. Drop uh, a 1UZ in it. I'm sitting in the corner of the oh, shop. Oh, really? So yeah. does that make it a 2UZ then? <laughs> no, that is a different <laughs> motor, but <laughs> that that car has had 11 motors through it. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Sounds, sounds reliable. Yeah. All, the, yeah. all the 7M GTE or whatever? No, we, or? we never ran a 7M in it. Really? We've, been, we've blown up 11 2JZ GEs. Wow. Okay. Which, so I, which is a lifetime achievement, I think. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah those, there's points associated. Those, those motors that. are pretty stout, man. You would think so, but it turns out around hour eleven of an endurance race, you break everything. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, Justin, what about you? When did you get involved in, in S2K Challenge? Um, I was actually pretty early on. Uh, my first car was an 06 uh, S2K. It was black. And I remember buying There's a it. theme there. Yeah, I know. My current one's black. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I bought it. It was my daily. And I, I did what everybody should do is, is you track your daily. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, like you, I was on S2KI and I, I really was living in that racing and competition sub forum. And I, I was just hooked, like reading about it and seeing it. I was like, I got to do it. I got the car, you know, I, and, and literally I started off with let's do a stock car, let's buy a trunk and throw some ridiculous wing on the back and run, you know, the class that I wanted to. Um, so like I, stock suspension and oh like yeah, stock wheels suspension. and tires and a giant wing? Yeah, legitimately. Nice. like Super would, ricer status. It was way ricer because <laughs> it wasn't even like a reputable wing. It was some eBay <laughs> knockoff that I bought with a trunk that was rattle can black and I would change it out before the event and drive out there. What color underglow did you have? Uh, <laughs> purple. I mean, obviously with a black car, it's purple. Um, but no, it was, it was fun. It was, it, it taught me a lot about. There's no hesitation. You've thought about underglow. I have. <laughs> yeah. and, and purple is the color. It's a solid of. choice. Because green's played out. That's why. Yeah. Mm, I think, yeah. I mean, honestly, we, agree, we can agree that green's played out. <laughs> Green and red. Um, but no, it was, it was a great car to learn on. Um, I, I had never really driven a rear-wheel drive car that had some power to it, and it's addicting. 
Um, I did all the little stupid things like I had because it was an 06. I had to take the clutch delay valve out of it. So I remember being in my dad's driveway, yanking the slave cylinder out to try to take some C clip that was absolutely undoable to then throw it in the trash and go to the dealership and buy an 03 slave cylinder and just plug that in. Um, but it was a fun car. Uh, had that for a few years, got rid of it for, for silly reasons. I needed a four door for a daily and then I missed the track itch and then picked up my 2000, which I've had since, uh, 2011. Okay. So yeah, it's been that and this car is seen. There's nothing original on it. I mean, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think third motor, uh, actually, you know what? I'll take it back. The diff, uh, the diff is the only thing that's original you in this knock car. Knock on wow. something. Knock on wood right yeah. there. The, di- the diff is original. Three motors. That's not bad. Three motors. And you did it, that in your first year. I did. Yeah. I did. We'll get to that. <laughs> that is impressive. That is. I took my is time. That, is that the reason it. I'm sitting here right now? That is. Um, but, but the crazy part was, was way back in the day. I remember, and, and I'll probably, you'll see with the times, but I remember when it was a big thing when someone went sub to a button willow. And if you went sub two, you won mod class because there wasn't a super mod at that time that anybody showed up. If you did a 59 nine, it was like you were God. Yeah, you were the man. And then slowly but surely, if you didn't do a 59, you weren't even on the podium. And Mm -hmm. I remember there way back in the day when it was Mike Sai, Ed Lee and Chris Elders were they were the podium one day. And I remember sitting there waiting for my, you know, 205 to be called out. And Aaron reads off the times. It was the first time we had all 59 uh, podium. Podium. And it was, I mean, it was pretty impressive at the time. You know, and now it's like, I think if you don't do a 56, you don't have a shot at winning it. Um, you know, in my case now in Supermod, if you're not doing sub 54, you're, no, you're nowhere near it either. Yeah. So, yeah, times have changed. Sure. Literally, literally, <laughs> times have changed. Yeah. you know, one thing that's interesting to me about the S2000 is, I mean, the car's been out for a long, long time. Well, in the scheme of cars that are being tracked regularly, mm-hmm. uh, besides Miatas and E36s and E30s, S2000 is really one of the older chassis that you see at the track. It really puts up a disproportionate showing. Yeah. You know, we've mm-hmm. had days where we'll turn up and there's 40 plus S2000s, a car that was low production for a fairly limited run, and we're 35% of the cars at the track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's interesting to me is that the car's been around for a long time, but the development just keeps getting pressed further and further and further. I mean, you can see it in the lap times, which some of that, you know, probably has to do a little bit with tire technology and oh, driver yeah. skill improving. But, you know, there's a lot to be said for tuning and, you know, figuring things out with suspension. You know, there's always there's threads all over S2KI of people finding new products, testing new products, tweaking. You know, it's always just there's, further pushing there's the limits. support yeah. in the community, which is awesome. Yeah. Which is what makes that car great, I think, today, too. So I think, you know, as far as rear-wheel drive cars go, there's the S2000. The FRS and BRZ is kind of getting that way now as well, um, as well as some of the, the BMW stuff and Miatas. But really, those four chassis kind of, and I guess some of the Corvettes, too. Um, but between those four or five chassis... That's what you see the most of, and it seems to me that the S2000 development keeps getting pushed the furthest out of, you know, out of all those. The S2000 out of all those cars, you know, some of the well-driven Miatas have very impressive lap times, but the S2000 is one of those cars that has lap times that 
for some reason, just seem hard to believe when you look at the cars on paper compared to some of the mm -hmm. other cars that they might be competing against. So Yeah, for sure. I mean, the car's definitely always punched above its weight. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, a 240-horsepower car was taking down Corvettes back in the day. Still is. Uh, yeah, still is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there, there's not a, not many M3s I'm, mm -hmm. I'm scared of. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's the car is really, really... It's, it's aged well. You yeah. shouldn't be afraid of much. I'm not afraid of much yeah. anymore. Vipers I'm afraid of, but that's about it. <laughs> now, what I've always found interesting about the S2000, too, is when you when you have one and you daily drive it, you start realizing that it has a, a few shortcomings to daily driving that you can tell the engineers at Honda really didn't intend it to be a daily driven vehicle. Like the windshield wiper speeds. Oh, like suck. It's there's, on, yeah, off. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing. Yeah. yeah, there's no tilt steering wheel. <laughs> no. And... You know, here in SoCal, it doesn't rain that Why much. Why would you tilt the steering wheel? You tilt the driver. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, in, in climates where it does rain a lot, um, whenever it does rain, water, there's no, like, rain gutter on the top, like Miatas mm -hmm. and stuff. Some Miatas and stuff have. But it also, like, tends to pull in that little crease in the soft top. Yep. So when you open the door, it just all, like, dumps is right wet. in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those cars that it's so great and it almost feels like a like a special gift from the Honda engineers to you know Honda fans. So it definitely feels like something special. So yeah. and the fact that you guys have all had your S two thousands for for quite a while and have tracked them. Uh, oh yeah, that's Kevin's right. <laughs> Kevin's the newbie. He's the newbie yeah, Kevin. Here, Kevin, yes. when did you get your S two thousand? So I got it in twenty sixteen, I believe. Oh really? Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely the new kid. Or the new hotness, as Ryan likes to call <laughs> it's it. It's the new hotness. Yeah, what yeah, did you, you have before? So I fell in love with uh, tracking cars with my Mark VI Volkswagen Golf R. Hmm. Um, I went to Festivus, which is an event that Eugene Volkswagen. runs. Yep. Yeah, Volkswagen it's, Festival. It's like a golf R. It used to be a golf R only. Oh, really? Event. And, uh, so it's kind of snooty like that? It is very snooty, actually. <laughs> and the cool thing about it is that Volkswagen, I'm getting off a tangent, but real quick, Volkswagen actually sponsored the event. So I went to Big Willow for $32. Really? Yes. So wow. Volkswagen paid the extra $150. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, it was, it was really cool, and it was a great way to get people involved, and for the first time, like, eh, 30 bucks, sure, whatever. So I went out, fell in love, uh, learned very quickly that the Volkswagen is very expensive to run, um, I'm not going that fast, you know, and I wanted something that rewarded good driving a little more. So or I started, punished bad driving. Or punished, hey, you know, aren't those the same thing? Um, so I went looking for an S2000, and the reason I knew about the S2000 was, fun story, my mom actually had one. Really? That might, this wow. might date me to be, you know, a little too young in the room. But So did you, um, like, did you like sneak her car out and go I to a track day with it? I, I, no, not track day. Not track okay. day, no. This was in 2003, so I was in high school, and I would sneak the car out when she wasn't home and go drifting. <laughs> no, that's kind of where I fell Solid drift car. When I fell in love with the car. So anyways, I, I look up little more into the S2000 and I love tracking the car and I find S2K Challenge and I bought my car to compete in S2K Challenge. That is the number one reason I bought the car. Okay. It's because there was already a car that I loved and a series that existed. Right. And so I bought the uh, a first yellow car I saw <laughs> with an OEM hardtop. It had an OEM hardtop, which was yeah. pretty awesome. Flew to San Francisco, drove it down, um, went to four events, blew the motor. Uh... Got the motor rebuilt, went to four more events, blew another motor. I think I I'm one of the few people that blew two motors in one year. So it's like a, four, like a four event maximum for a motor for you. Yeah, yeah. kind of. It's, it's expensive. You know, the running costs aren't <laughs> <laughs> not the same deal with me. Um, but anyways, it's been good to me since the third motor. And in all fairness, the second motor was my fault. I misshifted at Big Willow. 
So, you know, take that's, full responsibility for that. It's called the money shift for a reason. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, since then, uh, I've gotten more and more involved. I think Ryan saw me wanting to do more. So I'm here now and uh, I run a mod class car and it's on a lot of the same stock stuff, actually. Stock transmission, you know, stock diff. Um, Knock on something. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's a hollow. That's a, that's a it's hollow. It's not real wood. It's yeah, Ikea. But at any rate, yeah, so now I run Mod Class, and uh, it's an awesome time. I love the S2000. I would not go back, and I would not trade it for anything. Yeah, you know, it's one of those cars you tend to associate yourself with, and now I think I do that, even though I'm the new guy. You know, we were were talking before the show, the S2000 kind of seems to be one of those cars that people buy, use, sell, and then end up buying again because there really is just something special about it. I mean, for me, a lot of the guys that I know that, that track them, um, they might be on their second car, but they tracked one heavily and then sold it and then realized that was a mistake. You know, right. they may have gone to an E36 M3 or E46 M3 or, you know, just something, you know, like a C5 Z06, something that has a similar price, but, you know, should have a higher performance threshold, but it's just not, it's not the same. Yeah, it's, a, I mean, it really isn't. I mean, I kind of, I, I, I know quite a few people that have boomeranged, as I'll call them, where, where, you know, they'll sell one and, and come back a year or two later. I mean, I'm definitely one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to agree with regular car reviews on this one. The S2000 is the last sports car you buy before a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> ooh, yeah, I don't know. I think everyone just Which, wants... Which, which knowing what, you know, Ryan's been thinking about doing lately is kind of ironic. (laughs) Yes. Well, I think that's why he said that. I think there's, you know, some... In the the long list of cars that you can roll off a showroom floor directly to a racetrack, and that list is not long at all. I mean, it's what? Any GT Porsche, an S2000, a Mustang GT350, not much else. You don't think a stock C2S could go on the track just without overheating? Stock? Mine hasn't. Mm. Oh, C2S? Yeah, Porsche. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah, much, pretty sure, much any, sure. any, any Porsche. Yeah. Any, any Porsche. Mm-hmm. Except maybe like a Cayenne or a Macan. We, <laughs> I've, I've done it that way. I've done it that way. I've done it that way, and they're fine. Uh, they're just kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely possible to do. There's not a lot that will come right off I the see showroom your, I see floor. Your point. No. And you usually, usually the, the shortcoming is the brakes. Or the radiator. It's not enough fuel capacity. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you especially gotta, out here in the summer, you get a competent driver at a track with with a with a lot of where where you're going to be on throttle a lot, Big Willow or Auto Club, um, and you're going to punish a cooling system. Yeah, and not a lot of cars will take that. I was absolutely shocked. I ran my S totally dead stock for two years. 25 plus days a year and it never ever had a problem yeah that's the same way with mine i mean mm-hmm. i owned mine for eight years mm-hmm. and when i sold it still had the original motor original clutch original diff mm-hmm. what's that like it's, it's nice two years it's nice issues? you don't even you don't even have to wow. worry about it and yeah that was like 40 to 50 days a year on track mm-hmm. so it was it was pretty I, pretty impressive i think the key to what ryan was saying is that in a good driver fast driver is what really makes the difference between these cars you know yeah. because a lot of people can take out you know these cars that aren't track ready and they just kind of cruise around the track and they'll be fine and they'll say they're track proven but the s2000 you can truly beat on it yeah. and hate it and yeah it just eats it up i can't tell you how many times i've jumped in somebody's car because they wanted me to drive it and within three or four laps like we've got lights on yeah. and, yep. or the brakes are just gone all the difference in the world yeah yeah so 
Um, as far as classing for S2K Challenge goes, I mean, can you guys give the listeners kind of a breakdown on, on how the classing works? So starting from the bottom, uh, stock class, which is literally pretty dead stock. I mean, we allow very little to happen to a stock car other than some... Just an eBay some, wing? Uh, no Probably eBay wing. No, no, right? no, not even now, right? Not even now. We should do point class oh, Okay, then. okay. Yeah. <clears throat> There's really three big modifications you do to a track S, and that's coilovers, square tires, and some kind of arrow. Right. Yep. Um, and so we've kind of broken the classing down into stock class. You're allowed to run a stock car pretty much as Honda made it. It's good enough like that. Um, and it's it's a great teacher that way. It'll punish every little mistake mm-hmm. you make and teach you not to make them with ruler across your knuckles. Right. Um, street class allows you sort of two of the three. You can go square and coils or or some combination thereof. And, and square tires and coils are really where most people go. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of the epitome of a street-driven car mm-hmm. where you don't have to, to feel like an idiot driving around with a giant wing on your car. You're still going right. to drive it around. <laughs> Idiot's a strong word. Yeah, I mean... I feel I like, like an idiot wings. driving around with a big wing on my car. I would call it a competent racer. <laughs> No, I mean, if you if you look at the way most S2000s that are driven on the street are modded, mm-hmm. it's coilovers and a square setup. Yeah, yeah you know, it's for sure. 17 by 9 plus 45 mm-hmm. RPF1s. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like the standard S2000 yep. fitment and with now- a Burke 63 and a half <laughs> test pipe and a K&N FIPK. Spoken by someone who knows. That is like the standard S2000 build right there. Yep. So, which I always thought was funny because that's all everyone talks about on the forums. And part of me wondered, always wondered if those were like the right parts or just kind of became like the norm and the standard. Oh, and Espalier Springs, if you remember Espalier <laughs> oh, Springs. God, yes, yeah, man. Yes. Espal- now it's like Swift's now. Yeah, but, Swift's spec But back were... then, back then, man, that was like the standard. And guess what? That's how I built my car. Because like <laughs> yep. the forum was like, this is the way you have to have it. This is the best. Okay, that's what I'll do. So... So, I, always, I always thought it was kind of interesting on if those parts were really the right parts or if it was just kind of like being a sheep and going along with everybody else. Because for, for the time, like 07 to like 09, that was pretty much the recommend, recommendation on the forum. Yeah, we're springs for sure. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of people running springs. And I remember we, we had pointed them at half a point. You know, which and our point systems are all based off of a time delta at Button Willow. So half a point should have been a half a second advantage over, over non um, but I remember we were running stock suspension and then you kind of played with tires cause NT01s were still the hotness then, you know, and you were running a staggered setup of those on OEM wheels and you kind of flipped a bunch of stuff around. Um, and that would, kinda, that would work in street class. Yeah. yeah. And that okay. was the street class cause stock, I mean, stock is stock, you know, you can, you can get rid of the, the tires, crap tires and, yeah. but we even put points on street tires that are the cheater ones. I mean, the RE71 R's are by far the cheater tire and that'll bump you out of stock. So stock is stock. We want to keep it kind of the the showroom stock, if you will, um, even though hardly anybody runs that anymore. Okay. So street class is pretty much what what we said. You know, it's a street-driven car. Anyone with a a reasonable street-driven S2000 probably can turn up and fit right into that class. Mod is where things start getting a little different. Um, so mod allows for, you sort of throw a full aero package on the car or not um, <laughs> throw a full aero package on the car. Weight goes down a little bit. You start missing interior bits, throw a harness in the car. You get a little bit more serious. Um, oh, so you guys, so like seat and harness, is that, does that bump you up into, no, no? it's, it's okay. a freebie, but okay. by the time you start going quick enough, um, everyone you, makes the same evolutionary decision right. that a seat and harness is the way to fly. Right. Unless you're Kevin and you have a seat and harness in street class the first day out. Did you? I did. With a bar? Yes. 
Well, there you go. I'm sorry. Somebody values their life. Safety first. (laughs) Safety is free. It is. (laughs) I I will say personally, I think when I put a Recaro pole position in my car, it was the best mod that I'd ever done to the car that made made the biggest difference. Unquestionably, it makes you faster. That that and then a wing. I, I think the seat... Sorry, the seat and an aim solo. I think the aim solo was the best mod I've ever done. The data is its own whole topic, but yes. I, I remember sk- sliding through turn eight in a dead stock car at Willow Springs, <laughs> and thinking alternatively, this is the fastest lap it's I've not ever a done. Fast corner at all. This is the fastest lap I've ever done, and I'm gonna die right now because <laughs> that door is gonna fly open. Exactly. And gone. Exactly. I think the worst thing about about a lap timer, especially like an aim solo. I, I started with a trackmate and then moved to an aim solo. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing for me was that it was kind of that like devil on your shoulder going, yes. you can go faster. You can go faster. It turns you into a foaming idiot. It absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. You can't get caught into a staring contest. Right. You say. There, there's so many times I've thrown away the best lap on the planet on the last turn going, I can do it. And yeah. you just, it, we've all done it. We have all done yeah, it. You, you cross like start finish and you're like, oh, I don't need another 10th. Only need another 10th. And then you yep. get through like turn one. And it's like almost there, but then you screw something up and you try and make it up. Oh, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> That's the worst is when, well. you, when you try and make it up later on. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, so that's mod class. You know, it's pretty, you know, it's when you start adding arrow and things like that. Things start to get, get interesting in mod. And, and for, for people in other parts of the country these days, a mod class car cuts over pretty straight in a NASA TT4 for those who run NASA as well. Okay. Um, we, we actually adjusted the points this year to make cars cut over cleaner. Um, and then super mod is, is where you kind of go full retard. You take a mod class car. Yep. Few add, people actually do that. I mean, add boost. There's a few of okay. us that do it. Yeah, it, it's a boosted car. Um, we, the changes we made this year were to, to get the guys that were bumped into super mod back down into mod because now we have three or four cars that are showing up with boost uh, that you, you just can't compete with. So we're trying to get those guys down and then and then let the three or four of us play that, that want to do something. And there's, there's more times. coming. I mean, I think ever since you were pioneering it, ever since I we kind of, of figured out ones, yeah. what it takes to make a boosted S reliable, yeah. all of a sudden it's, it's opened the floodgates. They're, they're coming out all over the place. Well, I, remember, I remember back in like 08, 09, uh, the admin of racing competition, C-Kit. Yeah. Just, you know, pour tons and tons of tons of money into one that I think what full, maybe full-blown built um, cause he was in Minneapolis. <sighs> yeah, probably. I, think, I yeah. remember, I remember his screen name. I remember seeing we had those him. gigantic, like 18 by 11 CCWs on yep. it. Yeah. I remember that thing. It was silver, ridiculous car, but they could never get it to run reliably. Well, and I think the biggest thing, cause we, we, we stumbled across cooling issues instantly. Like I remember the first day I put the charger on and it wasn't even that hot outside. And I remember doing a lap of button willow. And then I go for the the second lap, and I look down at my water temperature, it's and like it was pegged. at two thirty. Like I, I I have a ultra gauge in there, so mm-hmm. it, I saw two thirty. I was like, wow, I've never seen it that high time to get out of it. And I realized, okay, I can do one lap. Like that's not fun. <laughs> so the hunt came for a better radiator, and then now with a dual pass in it, the car can do. Uh, enough of a, a it runs for, out of fuel yeah yeah it runs out of fuel basically i'll fuel starve after about four laps now okay so I, i've increased now is that it. still just on the stock tank and stock tank yeah okay. the, the next evolution is figuring out a swirl pot like and all that surge stuff. tank or 
Who is it now that makes the mat that you can drop Holly. in? Yeah, yeah, yeah Holly. The hydro mat. I've had that. He's had that. Yeah? yeah, it hasn't worked yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> just the way that the S2000 gas tank is, there's a, a little basket that mm-hmm. sits in there. That the fuel pump sits on top of, essentially, yeah. or drops down and picks up from there. Exactly. Yep. And there's a slit in it that it refills from because it's kind of segregated from the rest of the tank. So you won't fuel starve until you get the total volume underneath that lip of it and then it just doesn't fill fast enough the fuel the fuel pump just absolutely outflows it so the map is 1600 cc injectors (laughs) wow is that i mean that's enough Uh, but yeah you basically so you either yank that out and then mat it or uh we're looking at the science of speed uh little swirl pot that fits Mm -hmm. underneath the car so that's probably the next thing that's going to happen sometime this year you know radium makes one too Um, yeah they do they do i'm i'm a big fan of keeping fuel under the car and not not inside the cabin behind me yeah Yeah. because that's the i think the radium one mounts right behind the driver so my my s2000 i always had issues not from using so much fuel but from cornering g's because i would run my car in nasa ttc on hoosier a6s and Mm -hmm. literally if it was under three quarters of a tank of fuel it would starve for fuel like first first corner out you know it would just starve and it would just going down the street it would just die coming out of the corner be like it was really annoying like super annoying it's actually the first couple times it happens it's scary because like kevin i've lost a couple motors and the second that happens on a straightaway you instantly you're like go oh to, no oh that was a motor and yeah. then it comes back you're like no it yeah. wasn't <laughs> um but my cloud nine new pb right there yeah absolutely you just feel like a to me bucks. it always had like a unique smell too when like that lean that smell. I got. yeah it was just like throwing tons of spark and it just wasn't getting anything so yeah. now I noticed the car on on sustained left handers would do it, um, and then even more so now where it'll it'll fuel starve on just any left hander yeah. uh, after the fourth lap. Yeah, we don't we don't get a lot of guys out here running on Hoosiers. We've actually controlled the series to try and keep the the tire escalation out, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and that makes it a lot more approachable. So yeah, we're, absolutely, we're we're certainly not seeing that. Although you know a lot of us are getting fuel starvation at about a half tank, which is a little bit more survivable than three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> Now my car, my car ended up being like seventy five pounds overweight um, because a I didn't optimize, but b I had to run tons and tons of fuel in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was always a pain with with NASA. Mm-hmm. And it could have easily been fixed, but I was just lazy. So right, <laughs> I know how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> I do. So you know that's that's one thing um, that is kind of an issue with the S two thousand is you start making more power. Is that uh, another is the rear end, which surprisingly yours still has the original rear end. Shocked. Yeah. I, and, are you shocked or is that a little bit of a fallacy that these rear no, ends are glass? If, if you, if you're going to drive it on track and you're, and you're not going to be doing burnouts, the diff's going to last you forever. Just change the fluid. Um, transmissions on the other hand, they can get a little crunchy if you're a little angry with the shifting, but as long as you stay away from the clutch drop, you're fine. Um, I have an LSD in it now. And when we took it apart to put that in, the gear and the pinion were completely fine. And I mean, at that point, the car had had five years of tracking on it, maybe six. Okay. So, and every time I change it, there's a magnetic plug. There's never bits. There's never craziness in it. So I don't think the diff is really that weak unless you start doing the crazy clutch jumps. Right. You know, my car, um, I was always impressed with it, but I was also very diligent with oil changes and fluid changes. You know, oil changes would happen pretty much every two track weekends. 
and trans and diff fluid would be every four track weekends. And it was just, so every other oil change was doing it. It, it was just cheap insurance. And you know, the car, when I sold it had a hundred and, 30 or 120,000 miles on it and numerous, numerous days on track. And it was completely fine. So, you know, I think that's one thing, especially for the motor, you know, an S2000 that, that revs so high. And, you know, I purposely didn't have an oil temperature gauge or anything in mind because I just didn't want to know. But after, <laughs> after four days of changing, you know, of running it on track and changing the oil and it's like black, uh, I figured it was probably getting up there pretty high, but so to that point, um, it's probably like 280 degrees, 200. Not even close. I've been data logging oil for years. Yeah, um, with no oil cooling whatsoever, just a big radiator. My oil temps never exceed 240. Really. Never. Yeah. Wow. And, and we've been data logging his boosted car the exact same way. With E85, his oil temps barely crest 220. Really? Yeah. Shocking. Um, that being said, I still follow that regimen. I, I probably mm -hmm. change oil every three track events now. Okay. I do mine between three and six, depending on the tracks I go to. And I do my uh, diff and trans twice a year. Okay. I do mine when I replace motors, so every four. <laughs> every four track That's a solid way to go, though. Isn't that the right way? I thought, I think of the money way. you're saving on oil. I, I know. I mean, usually, I usually when I put a new motor in, I just run it with the oil that it came with. You know, when I'm buying one from a junkyard, I figure, hey, it's, it's good it enough. It was good enough for the last owner. Yeah. It survived the rest of the car, clearly. <laughs> this is some vintage oil it's right here. It's blessed. It's original. Original it's bespoke. oil. Yeah. Bespoke right. oil. So... So, so moving up from, you know, from like super mod, is there anything above we super We used mod? to have an unlimited class. Um, no one ever entered it because it was really reserved for... Like engine swap cars and uh, stuff like that? Not even engine swap cars. We get very, very few engine swapped cars. It was mostly the unobtainium shop cars. So it was an exhibition class and it was really... Um, we always had it on the docket. We called it. No one oh, ever like, showed up for it. Like certain like SCCA STU cars. Yeah, that like that like those kind of like cars. those those two cars from exactly. Northern California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but they they show up once every three years. Okay. So we eventually just rolled that down into Supermod. So that car would, if they were on a more reasonable tire than an A7, would fit squarely into Supermod today. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Now, now for the rule set, I mean, you know, we did kind of just a brief overview of the classes, uh, but for the rule set, I mean, it's pretty much you guys that are in charge of maintaining the rule set and figuring out what's proper for the series. How do you guys go about doing that? I mean, there's lots of changes Darts that, that and happen. Board. Darts and a board. That's how it works. <laughs> it's the most efficient way. And a pet monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, because S2K Challenge is one of those um, series that... I feel is really on top of the rules and kind of making sure that they're current and fitting everything in and always tweaking um, every season. I mean, obviously there's a lot of effort that goes into that, but what, you know, what do you guys use to kind of balance everything? Is it just from firsthand experience seeing people bring, say, different tires out or, you know, different mods or? It's all kinds of stuff. I mean, really the biggest one is um, we've probably got, what, 70% penetration on AIM solos in the cars. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll pull data from everybody. Um, and then a lot of times when new tires come out, one of us will buy a set of them and then just wreck them. Yep. Figure out what they'll do. You know, we've got key corners at different tracks that we use to measure what a tire can do laterally. And that'll give us a good estimate of where it stacks up against everything else. Um, it's been a long time since I think any of us have seen anything terribly new under the sun that really changes the game. 
Um, this weekend, we're going to test the RS4. Yeah. So I'm bringing out a set of the RS4s, and we're going to see how the hand cooks actually. Yeah. Put them on a couple of cars in a non-competitive yeah. session and see how each of us does. Okay. We did the same thing a couple of years ago when Bridgestone and BFG dropped their Cheetonium tires on everybody. Such the a great, 7 one r and the Rival tire. S. Yeah. 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 Dustin tire. and I both, we bought one of each, went to Button Willow and just wrecked them just to see what they would do. And yeah, that was eye opening. Yeah, it was it was shocking. The fact that, you know, at the time we had the NTO one at like one and a quarter points and this thing just decimated it. We actually had to, to reclassify our comp tires because of it. Really? Yeah. OK. And and to kind of touch on the rules, um, we don't do widespread changes. I feel like we're babysitting a rule set that's really been in place since the beginning. Um you know, we've done some some little changes here and there, but the the ideas and all the principles of it have stayed the same from from the absolute get go. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the tires evolution has happened, and the RE seventy one R really changed the game because it is, in my opinion, a lot faster than an NTO one. Yeah, I mean, I I could throw mm-hmm. lap times at what I've done on both of them, and it is shockingly faster. I mean, um, I know I know some some drivers, not S two thousand drivers, but drivers that drive like Global Time Attack and stuff like that in like modified, where you could essentially be able to run an R comp, but they run like Chris Borsma mm-hmm. runs the RE seven one R as opposed to you know running an R comp because it's faster. It's, well, it's absurd. Well, and that's what I ran. I ran Super Lap last year, and I chose an RE seventy one R in limited class versus any hundred treadwear tire that was out there. Um, given you had some mm-hmm. some sizing issues, but you know a two eighty five R E seventy one R was a really sticky tire. Yeah, it's probably a little too much for the car. <laughs> yeah, I know I know that tire, and then also the the Kumo that the Viper ACR yeah. comes with. You that's, know, there's really there's very few there. sizes. Yeah, but. nineteen and a twenty, and yeah. I think it's a two ninety five nineteen and a three whatever three thirty five, and it only is that ACR tire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting that under an S is a challenge. Well, the 19s is the challenge. The the 19 and an offset that'll work with our car was a challenge. Yeah. That's always the biggest problem with S2000, too, and getting stuff to fit is the offset. Because it is kind of, well, when it was out, it was kind of unique. There weren't many other cars that had similar similar offsets. offsets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 65. What was the rear? 63 or 72 for for the eight, eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. We can run fit plus 50s, you know. Well, now we're pushing what? I mean, the spec was uh, the Volk, the 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 17 by 10 plus 44. Plus 44, yeah. That was like, Which looks when, awesome, by the way. It, it looks great. Um, but yeah, getting those to fit at the, at the time took a, quite a bit of camber and a little bit of rolling. But, mm-hmm. you know, now well, we're well past that. Fortunately, you know, we've got vendors like 949 that are putting out tire or wheels that just fit. I mean. Right. Plug and play. S- plug and play awesome. 17 yeah. by 10s with brake clearance. You don't even have to think. You or can those just, 17 by 10, like plus 50s or something. 52s. 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 Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. perfect. It's, they clear the stop techs. They're, they, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even. Really, clearance. Yeah. You don't have to mess with the fenders that much. I mean, it's, it's a great wheel. Which I'm really glad those are back because they had some of the older design, the original yeah. ones in the mm-hmm. 17s that were out, you know, like 2010, 11, 12, and then they went away and they just kind of stopped making them. Uh, and it was even really hard to get like crash bears and stuff. I know they had like a few around the shop as crash bears, but but now they're back and they actually they look even better. The spokes are a little bit thinner um, and it really it has that traditional like six UL. It's kind of hard like saying traditional six UL look because <laughs> they've only been around, you know, right. maybe like 10 years at this point. But yeah. so um, but yeah, I mean, obviously going back to what we were talking about earlier, pushing the limits of development for the chassis. 
Oh, uh, speaking of tires, sorry, before yeah. we change uh, gears there, has anyone tried the Trofeo R's? Because I think they have the 55 I did, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, we, I've guinea pig, pig most of those tires. And um, what did you think of them? You know, I, 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 I get in trouble every time I say this. I did not like the way that those tires felt. The sidewall was How fast really... How did you go? Get there. <laughs> the, the sidewall was really soft. It was just the tire felt vague. I hated it. But I set personal best at three tracks on wow. that tire. The same set personal best at three tracks. We also had to roll your fenders for a 255 at Chuckwalla. Yeah. It is the girthiest tire I've ever seen for a <laughs> size. So a little cheaty. They're a little cheaty. They're, they're, they're probably running a real 265 size-wise. Um, but, yeah, they're pretty quick. Uh, are they as fast as a Hankook Z214? No. But for a Cheetonium street tire, they're pretty fast. And you get pretty good longevity on an S out of them. Yeah, because the weight of the car, I mean, I was shocked. Mm -hmm. I, I ran them for, I think, four, maybe five events. And then I gave them to someone else who's done another two events. And last time I looked at them, they still had tread. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of value there at the not, time. Not heat cycled? They're probably heat cycled. Yeah. He's, he's not setting some blistering times. But, yeah, they were But he's enjoying decent. them and they're safe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Nice. No, it's just there's so many different tires out there now. I remember like back in the day, there really wasn't that many. There was like the RE, what was it? RE01R yeah, back in the day uh -huh. and the, the original like Z1 Star Spec. Oh, yeah. Which was awesome, by the way. Those things yeah, seemed to last forever. forever. I remember a lot of sets of those. Those things seemed to last forever. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you had the RS2 and then the RS3. RS3s were running. Um, and then, what was it? There was the Yokohama that was like. The ADO8, yeah. whatever. It was, yeah. it was expensive. The Bridgestone yeah. at the time was expensive, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember when they released the, what was it, the RE11R, that they really that came in line. That tire was a value. Yeah, they came in line price-wise um, with, you know, like the star spec and stuff. At that it's actually mm -hmm. one of the steps we took a couple of years ago was we started to see all these cheater tires coming on the market. And we looked at, you know, the moment this tire enters a series, what does it do to competition? At that point, it instantly becomes a who can buy a second race. Right, right. So we, we, we tried to structure things so that it would try and push drivers to a more value tire. So push people back towards an NT01 or an RC1. Our, our series is sponsored by Maxxis Tire. Um, so consummately, we, we have a lot of drivers on it because yeah. um, they give us a great deal and the tire is fast. It's yeah. good. And tire life on it. Tire life is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. You know, they may not be the fastest out there, but they're probably they're some of the last, like it'll, the most longest it'll lasting, run, consistently It'll put up tires. identical lap times to an NT01 any day of the week. But at the end of the day, you know, Dustin hates when I do this math, when I, when I break <laughs> it down to how much per day does it cost to run a given tire? Is that a thing? It is a thing. Ugh, yeah, just it. just like when Ugh. you show up at like Walmart, you know, and yeah. it says how much per ounce for the peanuts or for oh, the cereal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah. And you can't beat it. I mean, we're talking like a hundred bucks a day. Wow, that's really not bad. That's, no, that is good. And yeah. they, they they put up reasonable lap times all the way through to the end. You can put up fast laps deep in a session. It's a great tire to drive on as long as it's dry. Yeah. No. Nope. Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely needs to be dry. 
Now, for you guys, I mean, obviously, we have a broad range of temperatures here in Southern California that we compete in. Do you guys have a specific Warm street tire? To boiling hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have a specific street tire that you like running at different times of the year? I remember for me, the RS3 wasn't always, when I lived in Chicago, the RS3 wasn't the fastest in like spring <laughs> and fall. Yes. But in the summer, the RS3 would just like stick and stick and stick. And like, it never the really RS3 seemed like. RS3 is only marginally better it. than an RC1 wet. Yeah. I mean, an RC1 has zero tread. An RS3 is a treaded tire, and it's only marginally better in the wet. (laughs) But, you know, for me, I always notice, like, I preferred, like, the RT615 in the spring and fall, and same thing with, like, the Z1 Star Spec. And then in the heat of the summer, I always liked running the RS3 because I felt like it dealt with heat a little bit better. I mean, have you guys found anything like that at the tracks around here? I mean, street tires, you're going to get your three to four laps of that golden time in mm-hmm. the summertime you're probably gonna lose a lap on it um what i used to do was i would always run the nto one in the summer yeah. because that tire for whatever reason you could throw as much heat on it as much slip angle and that thing just loved it you could set your fastest lap on the eighth or ninth of the of the session um but street tires i kind of think we're still in that golden era of maybe four to five laps at the most on them yeah um and any of them now i mean everybody says the re71r is peaky where you've only got that one golden lap. I mean, sure, if you're chasing the absolute pinnacle of time, yes, you have that one golden mm-hmm. lap, but you're not going to lose half a second at the most. Yeah. So I, I would say most street tires about four seconds. I'm sorry, four laps maybe. Are there any street tires that you've noticed that come back after maybe taking a cooldown lap, you know, while you're out and then going for, for it again? The Rival S would do that. Yeah. It, it was from a, a cost per day perspective, it was, it was not a good value. Okay. I mean, it was like a hundred bucks less than running a full R1 and you got the same days out of it. Okay. So yeah, that was something that, that I was always kind of curious about because I kind of, I liked running street tires when I was just doing open track day stuff. Cause mm-hmm. it always seemed like a good fallback. You know, if you're fast on street tires, you're like, yeah, man, I'm That's on street perfect. tires. No, exactly and then I if did. you're slow, yeah. you're like, well, I'm on street tires, man. Like, you <laughs> exactly. know, no big That's deal. Exactly how so it's kind of Keep like the best down. of both but worlds. But street tires have changed so yeah. much. Yeah. And to be uh, honest, I haven't done much driving really in the good. past three years. Yeah. So, uh, when I instruct, I run the RS4s. And I absolutely love them. And especially for instruction, you know, with students or if you go out and do a hot lap, you're on street tires, you know, so you have that excuse. Yeah. But when I compete in the SUK challenge, I'm always on RC1s or NTO1s. Okay. Cause, and I, the reason I do that is because I like to be on the same level as everybody else. And I think that's what makes our series that much better is everyone is very similar. So it really comes down to driver. You can't buy first place. Right. And I mean, essentially what happens is within the rule set... You know, I don't want to say that there ends up being a spec tire, but everyone kind of keeps an eye on what the fastest people are running. Correct. And that's what they kind of tend to gravitate towards. So it's not a spec tire for the series, but it's kind of like a social spec tire where that's what everybody ends up kind of gravitating towards. And a couple of times in the history of the series, there's been a gentleman's agreement. I remember when the TDs came out. Oh, yeah, I did those. <laughs> and Except you. No, no, that was OK. So we all did TDs once. And it, and it turned into the, okay, there's really nothing to win here, but yeah, yeah, I want everybody to look at me. Um, but mm-hmm. it cost me $400 in tires for the day to win it. So we all wanted to try it because that tire was, I mean, that tire was fast. And we all tried it one time and we just agreed, hey, we're not going to start that arms race because it's not worth it. Let's all go to a cheaper tire and we'll still have the same competition. You're still going to win based on skill. You're just not going to spend that $400 a day on tires. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much tires can be one of the most expensive things um, when you're 
doing track days and competing and, you know, in time attack and time trial series. That's so obvious. My wife printed a run of t-shirts that just said, (laughs) I need to buy tires and handed them to all of my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Did you get one, Dustin? I have one. (laughs) So, you know, we've talked a lot about um, S2K Challenge in its current form. Uh, what's the history of S2K Challenge? Like, when did it actually start? Obviously, it's been run with Speed Ventures, and I've had Aaron Bitterman from Speed Ventures on the show before, kind of talking about the genesis and where the idea kind of came from for S2K Challenge. Um, but, you know, what exactly is the history? When did it start? Do you guys know? Is it like 08, 09 ish, kind of? I was, I, okay, it was so I think it was before that. Okay. And I think it got serious in 08, 09. Okay. And the reason I think it was before was I remember. This is all speculation at this no, point. Okay. <laughs> so there was, a, there was a guy on S2KI. His screen name was Two Who's. And he was like, I remember when Aaron had his 10 year anniversary, he was one of the few people that was there on the first absolute day that Aaron ever ran. Really, like back in 2001 or 2000, right. somewhere in there. So he had the same S2000, and I remember him talking about it, and then I started searching his name on the forum, and I found, like, their original, should we apply points to a X part? And it was, okay, I've got this chassis brace. Do you think this should be worth this point? <laughs> and just going through and reading all this old stuff was hilarious. Um, like one of like the early like Cusco chassis braces that right. goes like or there was like this transmission tunnel brace yeah. like like the car needs any more bracing, um, but I don't think they actually had a series. I think it was more along the lines of they were trying to figure out what we can do and and what part means X Y and Z and all that stuff. Handicapping um, for the purposes of just measurement, just just exactly to see, yeah, to try and make the same playing field and who's faster in the same car. Yep, versus the point system. But I think that it really got serious in that in that 2009 era. I think that was is when when it really became the the who's who of it, or or, or at least the rule set that we use today was was adopted. Okay, yeah. I mean, what's interesting to me is S2K Challenge, at least from my knowledge, aside from things in like Porsche Club and BMW Club. It was kind of the first thing out there that kind of had a same, you know, same model competition, aside from like Spec Miata and stuff like that. But, you know, that's wheel to wheel stuff. So to me, it was always one of those things that I, I really kind of found interesting. It, it kind of started a trend. Well, yeah, I mean, look now. I mean, how many challenges does uh, do speed wrenchers have? I mean, Ooh. there's what? I should know this, but okay, I don't. Okay, there's <laughs> at least seven. There's FF yeah. because at least we're, seven. we're going to do a battle with FF. Oh, yeah, I saw uh, that. That's going to be in awesome. Vegas. That's going to yeah. be fun The grudge match in Vegas is going to be fun. All Honda grudge match. So for, yeah. them, for those that don't know, HFF Challenge is Honda front, wheel, front engine, front wheel drive chassis. So... Pretty much everything but the NSX and the S2000. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to lay the smack down on them. I think Oof. so. <laughs> no, I, I'm really looking forward it'll, to that It'll one. be fun. It'll be a good day. And all those guys are great, too. Yeah, yeah, That's the yeah Jared and that. all those guys. Yes. Yeah. And everyone that runs it, too. Like, not even the people that officially run it, but the people that show up are just great people. Yeah. So, And that's one thing that I think really makes a difference for people coming to the track and where I think S2K Challenge kind of steps in and kind of builds a social group 
within S2000 owners. You know, there's a lot of guys that might have their S2000, uh, never done a track day, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they come out, do their first track day, S2K Challenge is running, and they're like, oh, all these S2000s, cool. And then they come and chat with you guys, and, you know, it after a couple a of events. It becomes a very slippery slope. Yeah, we, very we slippery. And, we try and sell them the Kool-Aid right yeah. away. Well, well you of, bought the Kool-Aid. I, I did, I did. Well, you know, I had a little bit of history, but I did buy the Kool-Aid. But and that's all effectively drug dealers and, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm class and a Voltex Swan Neck Wing. So yes, I definitely ate the. But the the one thing you can talk to is is how I mean you showed up relatively new to the chassis. You knew you wanted to do it, but we were all here ready to help. Um, you know, True. one thing that Absolutely. I think we're good at is if someone comes up and has a question, we've got a pretty strong wealth of knowledge about this chassis, and we'll happily give you the information. My, There's no secrets. My first, I think it was my first track day at the S2K Challenge at Chuck Walla, and I came with my U-Haul trailer, unloaded the car, and Ryan comes up and talks to me with Chris, and you guys were just super helpful. I had a check engine light, you brought over, a, you know, a reader, we took care of everything, and we were ready to go, but... That is absolutely a huge thing with the S2K challenge is the camaraderie and how helpful everyone is. I remember when I first started, you know, I would I would look at some of the elder statesmen of the day and, you know, the guys who were fast back then, I would turn up extra early and try and see if I could snag a passenger seat for session one, which didn't count, mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. see if I could watch the track and fast forward before I went out. And the fact that everyone was willing to do that now that I've gotten faster um, I feel an obligation to return that. So that's why like, I have a complete bucket in my passenger seat with a harness and everything else. And almost every day I'm giving rides to somebody. No, I mean, that's kind of the way it, it goes. You know, I remember my first track day and mm -hmm. hanging out with S2000 guys, you know, in Texas um, or even Georgia. I did my first track day in Georgia and there were like two, two track S2000 guys that kind of took me under their wing. And then a year and a half later, I end up competing against them at nationals. So it was just kind of like a really cool, cool, cool thing. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people, you know, not only with S2000s, but really with any, any chassis, you kind of gravitate towards people that have the same vehicle um, and end up being social with them. And it kind of creates a community. And I think S2K Challenge is a, a really good example of that. It's interesting you mentioned that. I've, I've seen a level of camaraderie with this car that I don't see in a lot of other places. Um, I've owned a lot of dumb cars. And <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because <laughs> you have. <laughs> and you always see someone else in the same car and you think, oh, you made the same bad decision as I do. And you'll throw them a wave. And the wave back ratio in the S is nearly 100 um, percent. In my wagon, it's like 5 percent. If I saw someone, like, I have a CTSV wagon. If I see someone else driving that car, you'd think they would at least throw a wave. Never. Never once has that happened. Really? Never. Weird. I know. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is kind of weird because that's an enthusiast car. Yeah. Well, that's because mm -hmm. unless, you get up, unless you get up close to it, it just looks like a regular CTS wagon. It, that's so why there's not a I've, whole lot that sets what it off. figured, in fact, on my way up here... I got waved at and checked out by three old men with beards. <laughs> so if, right. if you happen to be I'm a cougar, if you happen to be a cougar that. looking to meet an older car enthusiast, this is the car you buy. <laughs> <laughs> you will pull them like nothing. <laughs> you know, the CTSV wagon is one of those cars that I've actually had as like a, a dream car. Um, you know, I had a Jetta sport wagon. Then you're going to pull old white men like nothing else, man. <laughs> That's right, man. Those are the ones, those are the ones with money, man. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, those, those cars are somewhat rare. 
Um, you know, for me, I always wanted one in pearl white uh, with a six-speed transmission. Um, and came close to buying one back in like 2014 and then realized that the customers that I was going to visit probably wouldn't like me driving a $71,000 car. So kind of stayed away from that um, and got the sport wagon instead. But that's one of those cars. There's, there's a lot of regular CTSVs out there, but you can tack on another like ten dollars to $15,000 now for the wagon just because they're so rare. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting, I forget who it was, but somebody, somebody told a story, one of the GM engineers, that that car, they only needed to sell five of them to break even on their development cost. That was Bob Lutz. I remember that. Article. Yeah, there was only five. They, they had to sell five of them. They ended up selling like 700-something wagons, I think. Yep. So it ended up being, being good for them. So I've, I've never seen a wave-back ratio like I do with the S. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of that is just... You know, the, it takes a certain mindset to buy a car that only comes in one flavor. You can have any number of pedals you want as long as it's three. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the number of people that will buy that car, number very few, and they're going to they're, they're gonna fall into a very specific niche. You know, same thing. Like you were saying before the podcast, I think, um, how many people are willing to tolerate within the rain having your, your w- rain gutter drop in your yeah, lap right? every time you open the door <laughs> just because of the car the way it it's is? Like, it's like mutual suffering is exactly. what, it, yeah. what it comes down to. And it's funny, too, because I, I borrowed a friend's bone stock S2000 like maybe two years ago. And after daily driving mine for like three and then having his at a track car, I borrowed his and I was driving around and that first day... For the first, like, 15 minutes, it was awesome. And then after that, I was like, how did I daily drive this thing for three years? <laughs> you know, so like, I just gotten so soft that, um, you know, it just was really, really surprising to me. I never thought that I would do that. So, you know, what's interesting is these cars have that, you know, that aura about them that, you know, oh, my God, I daily drove this car. It's a pain in the ass to daily drive. My mom drove this car for four years. She drove an 03, which is like, you know, the AP1, no stability yeah. control. She's a badass, right? Yeah. Like, back then, it didn't seem like that dangerous of a car, and I do feel like it's a little bit talked up. Just yeah, she a, kept going to rear tires every 2,000 miles. Any, any idea why? No way. Any idea why, Kevin? No Mom comment. never no hit VTEC. Mom never no hit VTEC. She hit VTEC. She hit VTEC all the time. But did you, when she was shifting, when the coffee was there, did she have to, like, lift her elbow up to clear the cup holder? Oh, yeah, AP1, AP1 cup oh, holders, man. AP2 yeah. is way better. Oh, I, I wouldn't know. AP2, master race, you know. Yeah, I spend too much money on motors. So I can't buy cup holders. <laughs> so no, there are there are small little like creature comfort things that right. It was no, like every every right. two years right. with the S two thousand, there was some sort of improvement or change. Or but it, later I, on, it was just wheels. But I, f- I feel like <laughs> I feel like the fact that it was such a niche car, like you had to fall into a very specific mold to begin with, and then. In the second head market, you still had to be in that mold. You could just be a little broker. <laughs> and right. as a result, you always pull approximately the same kind of person, which is what makes them such great track cars, because you had to be a certain person to buy it anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, you kind of, you didn't like cross yeah. shop that and like an automatic Z3 or Z4 Never convertible. No, no. No, I mean, you had to be okay with the manual transmission. There was a significant premium from like a Miata oh, going, yeah. right. going to it. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting too. In 2013, when the FRS came out, everyone was talking about how, you know, such a great value it was, blah, 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 blah. Um, and the performance. But if you actually like readjusted everything for inflation, um, back to like 2000 when the S2000 came out, S2000 was phenomenal, phenomenal value. Um, well, not phenomenal value, but 
the S2000 was quite a bit more expensive. It was like twice as expensive, adjusted for inflation. It's about to 50, like 2013. Right? Yeah, like 50 40, grand. 45 to 50 grand. Yeah, 50 grand. Today's money? Yeah. 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 So, Something you know, like today's money in the 50 grand range, mm-hmm. um, you start looking at what's out there. You know, it's interesting in, in 20, what, 2009. You didn't get a lot. You got no. What? A CD player? A CD yeah. player in the worst factory radio ever. Yeah. What? You didn't like the door speakers, both of them? <laughs> that, little, that little tweeter. I didn't get no, the tweeters. So you gotta you gotta get that, that you gotta get that 06 back. It's yeah. got the tweeters and That's the true. and the roll hoops. It did have that. Yeah. Yeah, man. And you when you jump up, you get the what? The two thousand two no the yeah, two thousand two and up had the tweeters in the door. Which was was really nice. The two thousand, the two thousand didn't. Yeah, I have to take a picture. I, I have the them too. Both blown. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think blown as well. Mine are removed. <laughs> so I remember for for a little while, like interior color swaps were kind of the cool thing. Yeah. Remember there was this guy that had a Sebring silver that did a full blue Suzuka blue or like the Smurf blue interior oh. swap in it, and it looked like it was the same color combo as like a classic Mercedes or Porsche from like the fifties and sixties. Yeah. That blue. was a really cool looking car, and he that had cool. he had Mag blue CE twenty eights on it. Mm-hmm. Looks sweet. Uh, for me, I had new Formula Red, but I swapped a tan interior in, oh. which was really cool. Oh, so it was kind of like a little like Ferrari style. Um, but man, there were like. Some of the S2000 interior colors, like that all blue and that all red that you got, were kind of interesting choices by the Honda engineers. Yeah, the full red. Yeah. I mean, that's... It was like Glenn Danzig's smoking jacket. I, I kind of <laughs> dig it. It was very 80s, you know, like the white and red. I, I dig it. It was yeah. personally. Like, I would have bought that one in a heartbeat. He needed a mirrored center console to go full 80s. <laughs> true. <laughs> So, no, the, the S2000, for anybody that's looking for a, you know, a competent track car that's going to be reliable, going to kind of test you as a driver and kind of grow with your skill level. It really, it really does. The S2000 is really one of those cars that even, like, beginners enjoy it and even really, really, like, advanced drivers that have been driving for a long time enjoy it, too. And it's one of those rare cars that, that kind of does that, I think. Mm-hmm. So it just it, it always challenges you and always is kind of there and punishes you. Yes, that punishes is true. Punishes mistakes, which <laughs> yes. makes you a better driver. Yeah, it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big reasons I went with this chassis was because mm-hmm. of that. Because I wanted to become a good driver. I didn't just want to be fast. Yeah, I wanted to be good. Now, once you once you become good in an S two thousand, you hop in something else, and it actually seems pretty easy. You know, like even even like a higher horsepower Corvette and stuff. Unless it's, it's a nine eleven. Uh, 9-11's not that bad. You just have to, <laughs> you got to commit a little bit more. But um, it's just one of those, one of those cars that, that teaches you a lot. Yes, absolutely. So, and it makes you a very, very competent driver, which is good too. So, mm-hmm. uh, what are you guys' favorite tracks that you've driven? Oh, that's that's easy. Isn't Sonoma. It? Sonoma. Oh. Sonoma is my like. Out of the tracks I've driven, I've been probably everywhere up and down California and several neighboring states and. Sonoma, I've always described as a roller coaster you can fall off of. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it will brutally punish bad driving and tremendously reward good driving. Um, I think, I, to quote Dustin, the first time we both went up there, you could drive a lap of that track every day of your life and never really nail it. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, second is Chuckwalla. Yeah. I just love the way it flows. Um, I love the fact Which, that... Which, do you have a specific direction of Chuckwalla you like better? I think I prefer counter. Okay. Um, I think that has to do with lower Drop horsepower. Through. Yeah. If I had a bigger horsepower car, I probably prefer uh, clockwise. Uh, but they, it runs phenomenal both directions, um, and it's it's a really forgiving track in total 
counterpoint to Sonoma. Um, you could fall off almost anywhere and you're probably going to be okay. So it's, it's a really great track to learn how to go quickly on. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go Sonoma too. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. Driven, no. Uh, so I've driven. It's the same, same answer from everyone. From I've driven <laughs> every track in Southern California that, I mean, we're blessed. I mean, we have so many great tracks here. Um, and we have a 12 month track season. And we, yeah. and we do have a 12 month track season, but, but as Ryan said, Sonoma is the business. Um, I've never, I've never had a track that's, that scared me as much as it has at the same time. It thrilled me as much as it has. Um, but like, it's far for me, but the day to day, that track just makes that it I a love, reason to do two days in a row. Every time you go, I agree. I agree. Um, but my favorite local track, which is only 65 miles from me is, is big willow by far. There's nothing better than nailing turn nine, apexing it a hundred plus nothing better, especially in your car with forced induction, right? Nothing better. Than that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the, the last time I was there, I, I shockingly seeing 140 down the front straight was, was amazing. Um, but to me that, that track with only nine turns, you mess up one of them, your lap's done. Yeah. So that's fine. Oh, Sonoma, Kevin. No, well, you know, <laughs> have you been? I, I've been twice. Oh, so I actually, I, God, don't say Auto Club. <laughs> it's going to be Sonoma. No, um, <laughs> even though I've blown up my uh, a 911 there. Actually, you blew up the 911. I blew up the 911 motor there. Wait, and like that was fun recently? Yeah, the same weekend I blew up the S2000 motor. I have a problem. Oh. I think it might be me. I think I'm not that was sure. a secret. No, it wasn't a secret. It dropped a valve at Sonoma. Covered uh, under under third, warranty. Third with, lap. With Covered Porsche? warranty. Hundred percent. Porsche yeah. is probably the. Thousand dollars they covered it. Porsche is the best company when it comes to warranty coverage. Like yeah. you have Subaru on one side <laughs> and you have Porsche on the other. Well, here's the kicker: it was actually an aftermarket warranty company. Really? So okay. we fought it. Really? Yes, it was a fight. It was okay. touch and go there for a little bit, but they ended up covering it. Um, I really like Sonoma. I went there and the Porsche blew it up. Then I went there in the S2000 for their driving school. Um, I did their level three, I believe. Um, in the S2000, and it's it's one of those tracks that you can never really master. The elevation changes are like nothing you've experienced, and it's just it's beautiful too. Like it's, no it's got simulator everything. will prepare you None. for that track. The, yeah. the <laughs> fact that four feet off the track, it typically is a wall. A wall. Yes. I mean, there's there is painted line for the end of the track. There is grass that will just speed you up into the wall that's right there, uh, and that to me is the thrill. I mean, yeah. I like that. I I like that little bit of edge. Um, whatever that last turn is out of the S's before you, you do the oh, one turn 10, turn 10, where you can be, oh, gosh. the wall's right there after well, you make the right, it's right turn. there. But I mean, in any form it was, you know, you're, you're going up there, what? one thirteen, one fifteen, something, something like that. Like that. Maybe and you it's were like, <gasps> do I need to break for this or can I just huck it in? And then, I mean, just that part of it is what tracking's about. Is Absolutely. That I love turn yeah. one when you go up the hill. So you're, you're going it and you're 90, 100, you turn left and you go up the hill, the hill breaks you. Yep. So you don't need to break that much. It's just fantastic. So second favorite is going to be Auto Club only Ugh. because, only because <laughs> Barf. I'm fast on it. <laughs> and that is the only reason. That is, I'm, I'm the fastest on that track than any other track because I go to it the most. That Your the, brake pads hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, remind me, I have that brake kit for you. Oh. Okay. So speaking of, we talk about for, that. for those, do we want to talk about the brake kit? Sure, sure. Okay, so I have a uh, prototype uh, brake kit. You're talking to the truck. mic though. 
Uh, like okay, there you go. So I have like a prototype. Deep throughout the mic. Okay. Just do it. We'll do. Um, so I have a prototype brake kit in the truck right now that Ryan is going to test for us over at uh, probably at Truckwalla. I'm not 17th. getting it on for this weekend. No. <laughs> um, and it's made by Racing Brake. And I had their original kit and had some worries about it and warped some rotors and ended up uh, specking out a kit with Racing Brake. They're really cool about it, actually. Yeah, so that was, use, does that use a Willwood Willwood caliper? No, no, Racing no, Brake Racing design. Brake caliper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the owner of the company actually had Kevin and I out there, um, gave us a factory tour, asked us what we were doing with the car, um, and then solicited feedback. Like, what do you guys want? What do you need? Um, and we told him what we run, what works, what doesn't. And he specced a kit exactly to what we told him. He gave it back to us, built as we requested. So we're going to take it out and abuse the heck out of it. Um, and then figure out how we can break it and how we can make it better and then revise it. And eventually it's, it'll be a, a full S2000 big brake kit, uh, presumably that's been through at least all three of our cars plus some. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now is this a front yeah. kit or front and rear? Both or? front and rear. It's front okay. and rear. Okay. Nice. So, I mean, development is absolutely alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of that, it's, yeah, they really listen to us and value our feedback, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I dig that about them. I really support, I like to support that brand because they do that. So you've already run the kit on your car? So I ran the original kit, okay, uh, which only had a 25 millimeter wide front rotor, which compared to the stop tech, I think is 28 and 30, 30. And then this new one is like 32. 32. Okay. So the new one's 32. So it should be even thicker than the stop tech, but the 25, because we all know girth matters. Yeah. <laughs> girth does matter. <laughs> It's I think all that matters. A lot of a lot of S two thousand guys can kind of at least if they track the car a lot, you know, brakes at, at a certain point for me, running stock brakes, brakes were my largest consumable, even more so than tires. My Just, first year, um, I was burning I burned nine sets of brake pads. Yeah. The first year I put on a big brake kit, um, it paid for itself in six months. Yeah. I mean, between rotors and pads and yes. stuff like that. I mean, at a certain oh, yeah. point, I was only getting like three days out of a rotor because they would just crack. Pads. Yeah. Yes. Like even nice, like nice ones, even OEM ones, it was three days without fail. Yeah. Yep. It was ridiculous. The BBK is definitely more of a cost savings investment. Yeah. yeah. So and, and even for people that are, you know, daily driving their car, it's nice. You know, certain calipers, you can swap the pads without even having to remove the caliper. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a big benefit there, being able to carry, you know, inexpensive spare rotors. Um, although S2000 blanks, like Centrix and stuff like that, are very affordable. Um, but there's nothing worse than, like, having a rotor crack when you come in and everything's still scalding hot. And yep. you yep. can't really having change it before it. your next session because um, everything's just so hot. Yeah. The value of never having to change a rotor again at the track so nice. is priceless. So nice. Yeah. I, I I still carry a takeoff centric with me that I can't use in my car, but it's for that guy that pops one <laughs> yep. to get him home yep. because it, it's happened to all of us. I mean, there's I, a community right there. Look yeah. at that. I mean, I've seen I've seen guys come off the track and they're like, "What's that noise? Something's wrong." And you look and you're just like, "You got a crack." Yeah. Or we'll be standing around cars afterwards. Yeah, you're and standing talking. Pain. Yeah. And you're like, oh, is like, I know oh, what that is. Who's I know what that don't is. Be mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anything, a spare rotor makes a really good wheel chalk too. Yeah. So, so you just chuck <laughs> yeah. it done. You're good. I'll run it over. So nice. Now, so this season is about to begin. Yep. Um, just a couple. What last weekend? Uh, you guys had your Dino Day. Um, 
with Rockstar Garage uh, and weigh in. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that go? It was great. Yeah, uh, huge turnout. I mean, we Rockstar made it a, a thing with a meet for for people who weren't even competing, um, which is which is always great. A lot of people want to come out and see who's running this thing, who's participating, meet the people, and that that actually does a really really great job of getting guys over the hurdle of talking to the drivers. We're approachable. We're just guys. We're guys with with bad ideas. Um, yes. And once they start talking, they realize that they're not that far away. They could they could sign up and conceivably start doing this, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I think that Saturday we probably pulled, what, two or three new drivers in? Yeah. Yeah. I, I pulled at least one. I think you talked mm. to. Oh, no, we had another one come mm. from San Diego. George. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's a, it's a great event. And the biggest thing is just trying to get those guys out there because they are all scared you yeah. know, to get out to the track with their baby and all that stuff. And yeah. You have to like talk to us and maybe it get, puts them at ease a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I, I know some guys too are, are afraid of, you know, maybe not hurting their car. They're afraid of almost hurting their ego a little bit, but no, they don't realize that everybody that's competing started somewhere. Like everybody remembers what it was like to be at your first track day and mm-hmm. really not be that good. So there's, there's a lot of people that don't want to sign up because they don't want to be embarrassed in yeah. quotation. Um, but, and then I always tell them, Hey, when I first went, I was 20 seconds behind, you know, everybody else. And now I'm nipping at the heels of podium, you know, yeah. in a year. So it just takes time. Yeah. Uh, the number one reason I get when I start harassing people about, they brought an S to the track. It's reasonably prepped. Why don't you run with us is I can't compete with you guys. And the, the counterpoint to that has always been, you know, if you start running with us, you will not just that, but every time you show up to the track, Every event we have, you're not going to the track. You're going to the track with all of your friends. Yeah. Every time I show up, there's 20 guys at the track that I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to, to, to use a tired analogy, it's like fight club for your car. It's, <laughs> it's the reason you clean stuff up. It's the reason you, you keep the motor in good shape. You don't want to give up that 10th of second of a second you won by two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really focuses you in a good environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I know there's guys that come and hang out even when their cars are down, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. because it is, it's a social group. So, and throughout uh, the year, I mean, off the track, we have a number of get-togethers. A lot of us are friends in other facets as well. So it, it becomes a, a huge social aspect. Yeah. So now you guys have 10 events this year. It looks like uh, this next weekend is the first event at Streets of Willow. And then after that, on March 4th, you guys go to Button Willow. Uh, and then Willow Springs, March 31st. April 21st, Las Vegas. Which oh, yeah. if, if, Vegas, if any of you Woo! Have any of you driven Vegas? Nobody, no. has, Nobody driven Vegas. has driven Vegas. So it's like a, a nice, fantastic, and it'll be a great time for you guys to battle the HFF guys because it's kind of like nobody's even, driven there, even yeah, playing it's, field, it's, right? Yeah, completely even. Not to mention, it's only a one day event on Saturday, so afterwards you guys can all go and party. Yeah, it's going to be a hot and mess. Hang out, <laughs> hang out in Vegas on Saturday night. Hot mess is an understatement. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be fun. And then May twelfth is Streets of Willow. August eleventh is Auto Club. September twenty third is Button Willow. October twenty first, back at Button Willow again. November eighteenth at Chuckwalla. And then December 8th, finishing out the season at Willow Springs. So Ooh, big Willow. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do people accumulate points for, um, for S2K challenge? So points are handed out based on finishing position in an individual event. Um, we, uh, we give you best six out of 10. So you get four drops because life happens. We get it. Um, 
So first place gets you 10 points, second gets you eight, third, six, and then we step down one from there all the way down to one. And if you just show up and you, you entered, you still get a point. Okay. Um, so realistically, what happens is you wind up with a fistful of guys that are really vying for the pointy edge of a given class. And those are the ones going for, you know, podium every event. Um, although last year in mod, I think we had five or six that were were all strongly competitive. It could have been a, anybody's game, any event. OK. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where keeping point accumulations and being able to have four drops, too, is a, a big thing, because I know there's a lot of series where you might get one drop, two drops. But the fact that you guys are doing four out of, you know, the 10 makes it a really easy way for people to fit it into their schedule, mm -hmm. you know, because there's nothing worse than people being like, oh, I'm going to miss two events. I can only drop one that knocks me out of contention. Exactly. You and know? Then they don't even want to go. Yeah. And that's exactly what we want to avoid. Yeah. We're going to get as many people out as possible because we're all about the people and getting as many cars out to the event as possible. Well, not just that. Um, I think for, for some of us, at least, it's all about, you know, how frequently you can go out to the track and hang out with your buddies and hit the proverbial crack pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's 10 times. Sometimes like last year, I think it was three, but, um, yeah, I mean, Boost I, problems. I do, I yes. do like the six out of the 10 because you can have stuff happen. I mean, I yeah. like to look at the year and say, I know I can make these six happen, you know, and you plan them now and you put them in your calendar, you make them work versus, Oh, 10 is kind of daunting. Yeah. Not to mention it's, it's, quite a bit more expensive yeah I especially mean, if you're towing mm -hmm. the car to the track and then tire wear, tire wear and all that stuff I mean, hotels and yeah yeah it becomes a thing yeah so all right last question um if you weren't tracking an s2000 what would you pick to track it's and counterclockwise and no i'm not prepared for this question that's why i picked you <laughs> oh, okay all right uh if i was not tracking an s2000 what would i take to the track um what, does it have to be competitively or is it just no like just like just whatever just, whatever, whatever you, what you could afford that's a good question yeah, as well that's that's the whole why question yeah. tacked on to that um what car and why god so i'm gonna i'm gonna split up in two ways if i wanted to continue and compete and better myself as a driver it'd be a miata and I think that's a fair answer for everyone here. There's a there's a strong Miata contingent, especially here in Southern California. Oh yeah, and that and that would make me a better driver. If, if I wasn't interested in becoming a better driver or competing, it would be some sort of used Porsche, I think. And not because of it, you know, cheap. Or I know they're very expensive to run, but because they're just a pleasure to drive. Yeah, and they're very reliable when you take care of them. One of these days, I want to hoon your Porsche. <laughs> you, you can. You can. <laughs> you can. Heard it. <laughs> we have witnesses. This is happening. Uh, it's happening. Uh, for me, I would say I, it's changed recently. I, I, I probably I'm going to say okay. two of them. It changes daily for me. So. I know, honestly. Like I, I see shiny things and I want them. But if 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 money was no object and and common sense was out the window, it would be the. You mean uh, it's not? <laughs> right, it would be a it would be a Viper ACR would be would be mine Ooh, because very of how, very good choice strong because of how nasty that car can be. Um, I think it would challenge me in the scare factor. Um, one of the reasons I boosted the car was I needed a, maybe a little bit more of that scare factor to it. Um, but if it wasn't that, like if I had to actually buy the thing and not hoon it too bad, I probably would go spec Corvette. Yeah. Yeah, because you still get all of what the S2K is yeah. in that. I mean, that's a little bit of a cop yep. out. 
I mean, is know, it really? I, can, I mean, is it? Kind of. I mean, you have you have a lot of guys <laughs> that have gone from S2000s to Corvettes, Corvettes. Like, like Jim Tway. And then right. back to S2000s. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, my gold chain game would have to be stepped up. Like the quantity of <laughs> Mr. T, here? it's strong. Okay. Then it's you're going to so the gold that, chain. I'm going to have to go full Merkin for this one. You would. Okay. You'll <laughs> have to like glue your, yeah. that, that goes back to, you know, what Ryan said earlier, the quote, you know, the S2000 is the last sports car you own before oh. you buy a Corvette. Am I getting to that age? Yes, so you are. Oh, Which I, I think, I think uh. from talking to Ryan this weekend, I think his answer might be somewhat similar. <laughs> so what always drove me to a car was I'll drive whatever has good competition. That's what brought me into S2K Challenge. I wanted, I didn't care so much what I was driving as long as it wasn't going to be a dumpster fire. Um, as long as it was, it was going to put me in a crowd that would make me better. Um, and for six years so far, the S2000 has absolutely done that. Um, with the, the creation of spec Corvette, um, I'm looking real hard at it because, uh, cost wise, it's not a huge jump over the S and you get, you know, you get to hit the wheel to wheel crack pipe again. Mm-hmm. I started off in lemons. Um, I'd like to get back to wheel to wheel, maybe not endurance right now, but I want to get back into, to racecraft. I miss it. Um, and spec Corvette looks like it'll scratch that itch. If I wasn't going that direction, there's a strong chance I'd be building an NC Miata right now. Yeah. No, I mean, the NC is, uh, it's, it's very S2000 like it's a lot less than the S2000 in expense though. And now that people actually make like Modi at Blackbird Fabworks, Mm -hmm. um, makes a a good roll bar for it. Yeah, he's been on the show a, a couple times, and now that he makes that roll bar, it's kind of opened that car up to being able to be used on the track a lot. You know, you look at the S2000 and you look at what a decent one cost used. Uh, you can buy an NC Miata now for five, six grand, throw a Cosworth supercharger on it and some Ooh. other mods, and have a very, very competent car for yes. fifteen to $20,000. Or you just 2.5 swap it and it drops. Yeah, the right MZR up. swap, $900 yeah. MZR swap. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. There's a guy in NASA running that exact What's setup. That guy's name? Andrew? Yeah. He is fast, man. Yeah. That car is well set up and dirty fast. Yeah. And it is dollar to value, for, from a value perspective, you can't fight it. Um, the nice thing about it is uh, if you look at where the, where the drivers are, the real drivers, you look at ST3 or ST2, where can you fit a car that's got good competition? Um, and in ST2, if you're not in a full aeroed Corvette or something like that, you're a back marker. It's not fun. You're just running a really expensive HPDE. Um, ST3, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be outclassed real easy unless you're in a high, uh, high prep M3. Um, ST4 is where it starts to get really competitive years. You're starting to see a lot of really creative builds this year. Um, but nothing with the density of a spec series. Right. I think spec Corvette is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hoping, ra- hoping to have those guys on the show. Um, you actually, you were there for the first spec Corvette race. Yeah. This weekend it was phenomenal. I was, I was astonished at how close the field was. Yeah. And it looked like real good, gentlemanly driving, good racing. Yeah. You know, and the, the biggest expense to tracking a C5 Corvette has always been tires. But spec Corvette, they're running on a Falcon RT 615K. Forget exactly what size tire, probably like 295 two, square. Right. So, Jeez. but they're 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 very inexpensive yeah. tires. They're under a grand um, a set. Wow. Yeah. 
And so, and they, they so last a I'd like to time. change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, number one, still Porsche. So, no, I, I talked to those guys this weekend, and hopefully we'll have them on the show here in the near future. But, you know, obviously, all of these are, are very good cars. Interestingly, all of them are rear-wheel drive. Um, nobody yeah. had any all-wheel drive answers. Um, I wouldn't so mind trying kind of, kind of an all-wheel drive car. I've driven a uh, C4S on the track, a 997, and it's... Pretty good. Yeah, but that, I mean, that'd be like, yeah, we made an S2000 all-wheel drive. It's yeah, like, it's not very... It's an really all-wheel count. drive version of... Oh, I did drive a Gallardo. Yeah? And I hated it. Still an all-wheel drive version wow. of a rear-wheel drive car. It was an automatic. Um, and it was aren't they awful? Uh, are no. they? I don't know. But it was you had the, to spend more to it get was a the gated like, shifter. Yeah, it was the S-Tronic awful Audi transmission, and it just understeered everywhere, but that's a whole different... That's, that's probably best considering the stereotypical owner. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, you so, know, it's the lawyers. Cup twos it's it the lawyers. No, that's it's, weird. It's funny. M- my sh- my yeah, car is actually uh, aligned and maintained by a Lamborghini shop most of the time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, is that why just, you're fast? No, it has nothing to do with it. Do they spray Lamborghini juice on your car? But my, but my, my trophy is actually displayed at that shop. This car does smell of cheap cologne. <laughs> do we need to go look in your medicine cabinet? Oh, Mr. Yeah, Designer Imposters? <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's strong. That should be a thing this season. You guys should start wearing different colognes we have on, on competition days. We're going to have spec cologne. I'm, yeah. I'm down for that. And then a sticker on the side and we'll make fun of the people that run reps. Yeah. There you go, I'm just going to bring it and I'm going to spray everybody with it. There will be spec cologne. Are you going to be the perfume gal from there will the department be. store? You won't know. You're just going to smell like cool water all yes. weekend. You just walk around and spray people's gloves when, you know, when they're not looking. Yep. Spray it down in the gloves and then their hands smell off. I mean, those me. long weekends at Bunuelo, I'd appreciate it. You know, like, some of us get some pretty stinky. Pretty rancid. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, guys, really appreciate your time. Uh, where can people find out more about S2K Challenge? Uh, so we're on Facebook, S2K Challenge, and Instagram, at S2K Challenge. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to direct message us on either one of those venues. One of us will answer you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, obviously, S2KI, too, in the racing and competition. That's where we post up a lot of the stuff. I think that's where the majority, majority of us figured out where the series was yes, at. that is correct. So, uh, yeah, look there, too. Awesome. Well, Ryan, Kevin, Dustin, appreciate it, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks so man. much. And uh, we'll see you guys this weekend at right, Shoots Absolutely. Willow. Looking, Looking forward, forward to it. it. Yeah. Sing only you in one, one. <laughs> English. That's it. <laughs> what? No one's seen Saw You Married an Axe Murderer? Yes. It's been a minute. But it has been a minute. I'm too young. Oh, I'm 19, man. No, just kidding. <laughs> Definitely not 19. So, a reminder, we will, we will have to talk okay. into the mics like this, which kind of sucks. So, are we like resting our lips on the mic? Do you wash these? If you want. Yeah, oh. eat the mic. Do you, do you wash them? It no. Down. But that one, that one, mm. I think that's the one that Emilio mm. used. So, it's got yeah. some good rug. Actually, no, Emilio used the orange oh, one. Oh, 949 oh, orange. Man.
I think that was that was Sonny's. That makes sense that he used that, that one. That one was Sonny's. So it's still got some good mojo. Okay, yeah. good. I need all the help I can get. Yeah, yeah. you're going to go two so, seconds no. faster with that one now. It's not too bad. Sunny. All right, Dustin. So yeah. yes, sir. Mm. Nobody All right. messes with the Jesus. Nobody yeah, I, I messes with Jesus. I tend to talk louder Jesus. than a lot of people, so this is kind of my normal speaking. Then hold voice. it four inches further. So away. I don't know if I should whisper. No, I'm just gonna keep it here. And he's gonna right. it'll just it. it'll just start whisper. like blinking at me if it starts peaking. Okay, and then we're good. I'm a professional. This I'm... is the 190th episode I've recorded. We're good. Wow, we're good. Yeah, 190. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've had, I put out 187, Uh-oh, and I have three, 187, <laughs> oh, Joey Jordan. That gets that one? My buddy Joey Jordan. 187 reference? 187? You're too white for that. No. Yes. I've listened what? to Sublime, I know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I listened to Sublime, not, not that much, sorry. Uh, never mind. I don't know it that well. Wow. I'm too young, okay. like I said. It's murder. So, yeah, it'll blink, it'll blink right code. if I'm talking too loud, like right now. Look at that, it's perfect. Okay, cool. Then we're good. Nice. All right. Cool, you guys ready? Let's do this. Sure, why not? Mm. Five, four, three, two, one.